0: In today's show, we're looking ahead to Saturday's action in the NBA. There are seven games on. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are locked on fantasy basketball. Your daily fantasy basketball podcast part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball on TikTok at RedRock underscore B-Ball on Instagram at LockedOnFantasyBasketball and on Substack at JoshLloyd48.Substack.com Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline is where the game starts. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. All right. So, we've got seven games on Saturday. We're going to look at those games. we will look at streaming for Saturday. We're going to look at streaming for the weekend. We're going to look at streaming for the next five days. We're going to get into the Chunkies. The Chunkies, yeah. The next five days. So, Warnie, what do you reckon? Let's get it on, Gilly. (laughs) Ha ha. All right, Knicks and Mavs is the first game. Dallas, one and a half point favorites in this one, neither team on a back-to-back. Um, Kemba Walker's anyone. we don't know whether he's going to play, and it's just going to be a little bit of time, I think, before he gets back in there. And I don't really see the big minute role for him, unless you think that he's better than Spencer Dinwiddie, which I guess you could make an argument. Dinwiddie's really struggled lately. Um, there's not 25 minutes there, I don't think for Kemba Walker, so I don't think he's going to impact most fantasy leagues. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he's found the fountain of youth. Maybe he's much better than he was, but I don't really see that gigantic role there for him. What I want to watch on the Knicks is I do expect Quentin Grimes to start, and I do expect him to play 30-plus minutes, and I don't expect him to be a 12-team league guy. Him getting 30 minutes a night just means that players like Emmanuel Quickly and Cam Reddish uh, have their impact significantly reduced. They're both better players on a permanent basis for fantasy, real life, don't know about that, or oh, actually I do, Grimes is better than Reddish, I think Quickly is probably the equivalent to Grimes, but Grimes will have the occasional big game, it'll come on something completely unsustainable, 5 steals, 90% shooting, 20 assists, or something stupid like that, whereas at a regular thing, he's like an 8, 4, and 3 player with a steal on 40%, and that's like nothing, but we want to watch, maybe he will take that step forward. Finding enough shots with Brunson, Barrett, and Randall out there is always going to be tough, though. I also want to watch um, Mitch Robinson. And Mitch Robinson says, I'll take it from here. I'd say over the last week, Robinson's probably playing some of the best basketball of his career. Rebounding like crazy, defending really well. Um, of course, he's still going to have absolutely putrid uh, offensive usage, but he's playing at a super high level. And he was dropped in quite a few spots, and if he is, on a way go going at him. Simple stuff there. But we want to see how the minutes go between him and Hartenstein. I think it'll be pretty clearly in Robinson's favor, given how things have gone recently. For the Mavs, Christian Wood. It was a roller coaster for the crucifix, isn't it? We don't expect him to start here. Although I, th- I thought that change would have come earlier this week. It hasn't, so I'm just ruling it out for now. Um, but it's the minutes, isn't it? Because last game uh, against the Detroit, he played 30-plus. Um, yes, that was overtime, but he played 30 in regulation. So is he a 30-plus minute-a-night guy off the bench? Is he going to get those minutes over Dwight Powell, which he probably should? Although Maxi Kleber makes the argument to be the best center on this team, so where does where does Wood fit, or is he going to play twenty-three minutes, shoot twenty-eight percent, and get get yeah, dragged like he has so many times? That's a key thing. And then Tim Hardaway. Now I'm pretty confident Tim Hardaway is going to start for the short term at least. I don't know what's going to happen long term because they could make changes. But Hardaway's in a really rich vein of form, so you add him. He's one of these guys. I don't, I don't know the the, the name of these players. Like, who, how do we categorize them? Basically, these players are the Malik Beasley's, the guys who are shooting guards who get points and threes, who have stretches where they take put twenty shots up and shoot fifty percent, look great. Then they have stretches where they put up nine shots and shoot thirty percent, they look terrible. And Hardaway's in that group. And when they're rolling, you add him, you run with it, you try and sell for top one hundred. And if you can't, then you move on. And if he goes in a cold streak, you drop him. I think that's pretty simple stuff. When those hot and cold streaks start and finish, nobody knows. But you've got to just sort of have a look that he's had three really good games in a row, Hardaway. There's no set number of games that he's going to be good for. And maybe he does extend it for 20 games. I don't know. But you add him while he's there. But if you can get something more secure back in a trade, I think you do it. So yeah, there we go. Kings Clippers. Malik Monk. Harrison Barnes. I don't know why I just read those names. I didn't even... That's not even what I should do when I'm doing these shows. Anyway, let's talk about injuries. Norman Powell is out. Luke Kennard is out. But Paul George and the fun guy, Kawhi Leonard. I'm a fun guy. (laughs) Uh, They're practicing and they are questionable. So if they don't return in this game, it's coming really soon, which is obviously great news. Now, Will Kawhi Leonard ever be back to being Kawhi Leonard? Will he even be back to being 50% of Kawhi Leonard? I have absolutely no idea. But the fact that he is questionable and ready to return, much like George, is hyper-encouraging. And we obviously are keen to see what happens there. Trey Lyles, also questionable in Sacramento. So let's go back to what I just said before. What do I want to watch on Sacramento? Well, it's Malik Monk, who's playing really well. And I think he does deserve a 12-team league spot. Now, he's a little bit different to the Beasleys, Like, he's not a guy that just is points and threes. He is points and threes. But he can also bring pretty good assists. And that gives him a leg up over those players in my mind. And the fact that he's in there closing games, getting those minutes over Keegan Murray, is important. Now, he's a guy that I've been talking about for three or four weeks as a guy I think you want to have on your roster. But also, if you need to drop for something else, you move on. I think he's probably firmed a little bit into a guy that just, just hold him for now. And then we, we adjust it when he goes into a cold streak or more importantly, if he starts playing 20 minutes a night instead of 26, 27. That's the big key there with him. Also want to watch the pencil, Harrison Barnes. Barnesy. <laughs> he's playing better. I still worry about the overall usage upside for Barnes, but he's playing a little bit better. Part of my rationale for him not being a draftable player early in the season or being a droppable player early in the season was that I don't really see the upside. And generally, when we're in the draft season, when we're at the first week or two of the season, if someone doesn't have a shot of giving me top 100, top 75 numbers, I drop them and I just cycle through to grab that guy who might be there. But as we get in, we're into week seven now, You know, we're heading through to the midway, well, not quite there, but we're getting a few weeks away from the midway point of the season. Hitting that top 100 upside off a of wave white, it's just not gonna be there. We might actually already be at that spot now. So if Barnes produces top 130 value with no real chance of being a top 100 player, maybe that's good enough to just hold on to. The rationale and your decision-making changes. Early in the year, if this guy has no hope of blowing up, I, I don't need to hold him. But the blow-up opportunities outside of when injuries hit and then when you go, hey, man, someone some huge option got injured and now they're out for the season and his replacement is going to be top 70, then a low upside guy like Barnes is eminently droppable because while that production's okay we drop and we get the better guy and that's what we're always trying to hit early in the year but what I'm trying to say is now yeah Barnes is okay to hold on to he's going to be up and down and the upside is still really low and you still consider him not someone that you have to tether to your roster but I think that there's something interesting for the Clippers Reggie Jackson like predicting when this bloke's going to have a good game is impossible and I think it's going to be really tough for him to do that if George and Leonard play Um, There's John Wall still eating into minutes. To me, he is just a absolute prey type streamer. And then Terrence Mann, who a lot of people added. I think, again, we talk about maybe George and Leonard miss. Maybe Mann starts and Powell and Kanata out and it's great. He has a big game. But in the totality of stuff, if there's someone you want to grab, maybe one of the streamers, maybe the longer term streamers, maybe a Minnesota replacement player, and Terrence Mann's holding you back, you don't let it hold you back. You drop him, you miss out on one, maybe a good game if Paul and Kawhi don't play. Um, But the longer-term output there is much, much higher, I I believe. Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get all the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball, soccer, and esports. They've got it all at BetOnline.net. College Football Championship Week. I just found out that the USC Pac-12 championship game is on in today. It's on Friday. Why? Why is it on today? Anyway, it's on today. We're favorites. Hopefully we're gonna beat Utah and then that push our way into the college football playoffs. But if you want to have a look at the odds of all of the college football championship week, SEC championship game, where Georgia is 17 and a half point favorites over LSU, you can go and check that out at Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Online is where the game starts. Don't forget to gamble responsibly. The Bucks and the Hornets is what we are looking at next. Both teams on a back-to-back. Ingles is out, Haywood is out, Cody Martin is out. I don't know about Lamelo Ball. There was a report written by Eric Carabel over on ESPN Fantasy that said, hey, maybe Ball's returning this weekend. I haven't seen that information anywhere else. I'm not doubting, Eric at all here, whether he has that information, but it does sort of line up with what I suggested to think earlier this week, that I can see Ball returning by the end of the week. That was actual just guesswork for me. I didn't tell you there was a source on that, but it made sense in terms of timeline. Now, I don't know if Eric is doing the same thing there or if he has been told that Lamella Ball is ready to return. Lamella Ball has done some practice work. He is out on Friday, but there is a chance that he returns on Saturday. So, you know, buckle up. We also don't know about Dennis Smith, who has had opportunities to have value this season and then a few other opportunities to have value when other players gone down, Then he's gone down as well with his third ankle sprain. Smith, if ball is out, can be at least streamable, but if Lamello plays, I don't really see how Smith does anything. For the Bucs, I don't know whether Chris Middleton is going to play the back-to-back. He is going to play Friday. I expect that he'll play Saturday, but I think there might be like just a couple of minutes limited here for Chris. But of course, we want to watch it. We want to see what he what he looks like, how he plays, and if he plays at all. And then the trickle-down effect, what that means for Grayson Allen, who has had some really good steal numbers recently. He's shooting 40-plus percent from three. Is he the guy that sticks over Javon Carter? Carter, as we talked about on yesterday's show, was like third or fourth on this team in EPM. Allen was just behind him. They both produced some really good value. So who wins out? Can either of them maintain 12-team value? We want to watch that with Chrissy back. But the Hornets, Jalen McDaniels and Kelly Oubre Jr. If LaMelo Ball does return, I expect that Oubre starts and McDaniels moves to the bench and probably only plays 21 minutes. And if that's the case, then we do have to drop. Well, not have to. We do have to look at McDaniels as a droppable player. But maybe him and Oubre split minutes. I highly doubt it. But Oubre, a lot of what he's been getting by on is really high usage and really good steal numbers. Efficiency, obviously, a problem, never passes ever and has had some bad free throws. But if Lamelo is back, where does Ubre fit? What does his usage look like? And does that drop him you know, significantly from where he's been? So the Oubre-McDaniels interplay, if Lamelo returns, is something I, I do think we need to pay attention to. Magic and the Raptors back-to-back for both of these teams. We know Wendell Carter is going to be out. We know Precious Achua is going to be out. Jalen Suggs and Gary Harris um, are both missing the game on Friday. We don't know their status for Saturday yet. They haven't been ruled out in advance. Chumura KK similarly, um, while Mo Bumber is currently questionable for Friday. So I guess there's a chance he could play. And if Bumber plays, so what that does, do they start Bumber at center? Do they push ball down to power forward and go smaller again? There are just so many moving parts and pieces with this lineup. For the Magic, what we want to watch is Markel Fultz. Does he play? That's what I want to watch because it's a back-to-back. Now, he's only on limited minutes, but will he play on the back-to-back? I would have to suspect no, but I don't know. And if he doesn't play, that means Cole Anthony gets a gigantic boost because Anthony's got the oblique issue. I think he's more likely to play than Fultz with the toe issue, but maybe they're both out and they're running no point guards again. So we need to watch that situation on the back-to-back. Also want to watch Paulo Banquero. Like, can we get get something back to what we were getting before? An improvement in percentages? Some defensive stats? He's really struggling from a fantasy perspective, like not top 100. Points are different. Top 50 player easy. And that's the big difference between those. I'm going to talk more about some of the the ranking differences in fantasy a little bit later in the show. You might have seen me talk about it yesterday, but I think you know where I'm going with that one. The Thunder and the Wolves. No back-to-backs here for either team. We know Towns is out. We know Prince is out. Shea is officially listed as questionable. Jaden McDaniels is questionable too. That one's big, the McDaniels one, because we saw last game that Kyle Anderson and Jalen Noel, well, and we're going to talk about them in a second, have some really big games. But if McDaniels plays, where, do the, where does it fit? Where, does, where do his 30 minutes come from? Yes, they probably come from the 20 minutes that Wendell Moore played, but you know, there are still different things to figure in Then there. Jeremiah Robinson Earl, we talked about him on the EPM segment yesterday, and his advance numbers are really strong. He is obviously inconsistent like so many of these players. He's had two starts, two bench games, two starts. But the last three games, 24, 34, and 26 minutes. It's been encouraging. He's at least a 14-team league ad. But you know what can just fall in the dunny really quickly here with him. That's just what happens. And then we also want to watch the Bronco, Jalen Williams. Broncos country, let's ride. The last game he was dominating. That was without Shea, though. I think they should just commit to starting him every game. But that would mean one of... Pokashevsky and Robinson all moves to the bench. And I don't know what they're going to do there. I would move Ludor to the bench. But, you know, the Thunder like Ludor more than I do as a player. So I want to see what Williams's role is. Now, he's had one game, Jalen Williams, of 18 minutes in his last nine. And no other game less than 25. He started three of his last four games. But whether he starts with, with Shea there is still always going to be a question mark. I do really like him as a luxury stash player. On the Wolves' side of things, as we mentioned, there's Anderson and Noel. Both of them, based on last game, look great from a um, 12-team perspective. But Jaden McDaniels is going to have an impact there. Will they start McDaniels and Anderson together? Probably. But maybe not. Maybe they keep that defensive option like Wendell Moore in. or they put Austin Rivers back in there and keep Anderson in that bench unit? Along with Noel. I still think they're both worth grabbing, especially Anderson. But... Noel's probably more in that Beasley bucket. The BB. Oh yeah, there we go. There's a name, the BB. The Beasley bucket of guys who are points and threes guy. And if the points and threes aren't falling, then his minutes might get cut and then he kills you. And I think we've seen that up and down for him all season. The next game is the Rockets and the Warriors. Eventually it is when I bring the screen over. Yeah, there it is. The Rockets and the Warriors, both on a back-to-back here. So we're expecting Eric Gordon to be out. Remember that. Jason Tate also out. The Warriors will have Clay Thompson out most likely. I didn't put Gordon and Tate on that. Uh, Gordon and Thompson on that list of out. They will be out. I should have put them there. What we want to watch is the delicate dancer, Alperen Shengun. It's a delicate dance in just 17 steps. I feel like the only person who doesn't realize that Shengun is probably this team's best player is their coach. Advanced stats will tell you he's their best player. Most people watching will tell you he's their best player. Nikola Jokic will tell you he's their best player. Um, But, you know, Silas plays him 28 minutes a night. Doesn't matter. He's still producing. He's obviously been their best fantasy contributor this year. And I think we've staved off the Bruno Fernando nonsense, which let's put it up there with the uh, Mike Brown starting KZ Okpala situation at the start of the year. Is one of the dumb things that coaches do. Well, I'm not out of the woods yet. And we'd love for him to just pile in 34 minutes a night. 34 minutes a night of Shangoon's top 30, I reckon. I don't think we're getting there, but that's what we want to watch. And then with Eric Gordon likely out, I assume it'll be KJ Martin who starts. And KJ Martin in starts without Gordon has been really, really strong. So he becomes a really premium option in this game with the expectation that Eric is going to sit. Now, we'd love for Tari regular season to get in there and do some Tari preseason stuff. But who knows? Once again, it's Steven Silas. On the Warriors side of things, John Kaminga, what's his role? Because he's played some good minutes the last couple. Now, we'll see a little bit more on Friday. Is there a chance the Warriors do wholesale rest? Maybe. They're against the Rockets. So could Steph, Wiggins, Clay, Draymond all sit? And if so, then Kaminga's like one of the better streams out there. We've seen him do this multiple times. All those guys out, he plays 40 minutes and racks up big numbers. Sometimes iffy percentages. But last game against Dallas, last time we saw him, he played well with everyone healthy. And that's super encouraging. Jordan Poole's probably going to have a big one. He might also play well. He is going to start with Clay Thompson out, and we've seen almost every single time this season that when that happens, he puts up good numbers. So we're going to watch that. The next game is the Blazers and the Jazz. I don't even know what I was going to say then. Just completely blanked. Anyway, um, Damian Lillard will be out. He'll return on Sunday. Gary Payton will be out. We don't know about Mike Conley, Rudy Gay, Josh Hart, or Nasi Little. Hard and Little are officially questionable. Conley and Gay, we just don't have an update on their injury spots yet. But the Blazers, Justice Winslow continues to be a stream option. They do have the back-to-back on the weekend, but Winslow's value will drop on Sunday when Lillard returns. But it still might be enough to hold. We also want to watch Anthony Simons. This is going to be your last opportunity to sell high. And while he, he's been crushing it, for sure, and generally you can just ride that out, if someone wants to give you a really good player back, Drew Holiday would be someone I'd really target because Drew doesn't have as much fantasy cachet as maybe you'd think, Um, I would do it. Simons has played basically half the season without Lillard. I I think even over half the season, so that his overall season numbers are definitely boosted. But let's see what he's able to do here again. For the Jazz, the king of the BBs, the Beasley Buckets, Malik Beasley, he is, I, I don't necessarily know what to make of him. Every game it's up and down, but for now with Conley out, or expected to be out, even if he's in, Beasley, someone to grab and you have to write out the, the highs and the lows. Like I'd probably rather have him than Tim Hardaway, although it is debatable. Right? on Every day I could change my mind on that. What I do want to see though, if Mick Conley does play, how do the Sexton-Beasley minutes splits work? Because prior to Conley's injury, it was Beasley all the way. He was playing 28 and Sexton was playing 22. But Sexton's played pretty well without Conley. How do they run that combination? Also Walker Kessler, who's an elite block streamer, but that's really all he is. Hard to look at him as a must-roster player, but for some of your teams, he will be. You're punting assists, you really need blocks, that makes sense for you. He's played a little bit more in terms of minutes recently. I don't think they're on the verge of switching him and Jared Vanderbilt, but what they are doing is limiting Vanderbilt to 24 minutes a night. So theoretically, there is a 24-minute upside here for Kessler. So we want to see where the playing time sort of sits there. That would be key. So weekend back-to-back. You can see the teams that we've got there, the Knicks and the Blazers. We've been talking about the Knicks and the Blazers having a positive schedule all week. So if you're we looking for someone for Saturday, Sunday, you've got Quickly and Grimes, you've got Hartenstein and Toppen, you've got Justice Winslow. Yeah, Maybe you have a trend in Watford if Hart remains out. Drew Eubanks if you're looking for blocks. Shaden Sharp if you get really desperate. There are options there, but it's Knicks and Blazers. If you're looking to stream on Saturday, Robinson Earl, Justice Winslow, Dante DiVincenzo, because of the absence of clay. These are all players available in over 50% of leagues using our advanced league metric. Thad Young, although that's a little bit dicey because we don't know what they're going to do with their rotation. Um, Kavon Looney. I feel like I didn't talk about the Raptors. Did I miss the Raptors? No, you know what? I had the Raptors up there, but I didn't talk about them. So that's an L from me. So I apologize. I know many of you will be screaming in the comments or the chat. Let's actually go back to that now and do it. Um... I should have talked about the Raptors. What I wanted to watch was Gary Trent. What do his minutes look like after last game where he um, came off the bench and played 33 minutes? But Trent, Van Vliet, and Barnes were playing few minutes. So let's see. If Trent's a 24-minute-a-night player, it's really hard to roster him. We hold for now and we see what happens then. Yeah, Thad Young, as I just said. I want to see the minutes between him and Coloco and Wancho. 26 minutes, Thad Young is probably good enough. 22 probably isn't. And yeah, Boucher is the other one in that mix too but they are the things that we do want to pay attention to there. So apologies for me screwing that up. Let's go back to streaming completely out of order here. So Thad Young is a stream option, depending. Kevon Looney, Tari preseason, Emmanuel quickly, and Quentin Grimes can all be streamed options on um, Saturday. Of course, um, someone like a KJ Martin's also in that mix, but I believe he's rostered in, in more games, in more leagues than would be my cutoff here. Deeper leagues, DiVincenzo, Nick Batum, Mo Wagner, Especially if Bumber is out. Drew Eubanks, Pat Connaughton, Obert Toppen. I don't want to hear any more about Obi-Wan. Garrison Matthews for some threes. And Darius Baisley is an option there too. For points leagues, these guys are all rostered in under 50% of leagues of points leagues. The Cockroach, Mason Plumley, Jalen Noel, and Kyle Anderson. Well, they're just all, those first three are just must-roster players. Um, Justice Winslow, Malik Monk, Tim Hardaway, probably want to grab him as well. Jeremiah Robinson Earl, and K.J. Martin. So let's look at the rest of the week in terms of low volumes. So we're looking um, looking forward here. Saturday, Sunday, well, not the rest of the week. Let's look at the next five days, what I'm trying to say. Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday are the next five days. And four of those days, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, are low volume days. So who can we add that's got a big chunk of low volume games? Well, Tim Hardaway. This is why he becomes a really strong ad. Over the next five days, there are three quality games for the Mavericks. So adding Tim Hardaway means you can use Tim Hardaway in that time. The next bunch of guys have two quality games, but that's a benefit in the schedule. Johnny Conchar, Lil John Conchar, in fact. Okay! Malik Monk, Killian Hayes, who probably needs to to be rostered anyway. Um, These are all guys available in over 40% of leagues, by the way. Um, Killian Hayes. Bones Highland with two games. Alexei Pokyashevsky with two. Lou Dort with two. Jeremiah Robinson Earl with two. You're getting the idea that the Thunder have got a pretty good schedule there. With Hayes, what I, that was the trigger. I know he had something I was going to talk about in my head. And that's just a Pistons player. But I wanted to talk about Marvin Bagley because obviously his numbers yesterday were great. But what I wanted to highlight with him is he's the 80th or 85th ranked player this season. And last season, in basically the same minutes... He was 240th. All right, and realistically, we talk about Bagley being being better and all that sort of stuff. His numbers are actually identical. Like he is doing the same thing. Same low steals, same low blocks, same low assists, same ex- literally exactly the same amount of rebounds. He's averaging one and a half more points per game, and threes are about the same. Everything is different. Also, Every, everything is literally the same, except he's ranked 140 spots differently. Why? Really simple. His free throws have gone from 67 to 81, and his field goals are up, I think, almost 10 percentage points. And and what I wanted to highlight there is not to say that this means Bagley is bad, because I still don't think he's a very good player. He still has defensive deficiencies. But the thing with Bagley has always been, he can get points and rebounds, and that's really useful in a points league, but he hurts you with his lack of assists, still true, lack of steals, still true, lack of blocks, still true. And he hurt you so much in field goal percentage and free throw percentage. That's That's the problem. This year... His two-point percentage is up 4%. His three-point percentage is up 15%. And his free throws are up 25%. 25%, 15%. Sorry, 15% they're up. And and that's the difference between being 240th or being 86th. It's literally percentages. And this is not to suggest that maybe Bagley is a good free throw shooter now. That is possible. Although he's at 71% of his last four games, which starts to drag it down. The minutes are up for him in those last four games at 29, but what I'm talking about is just, it's just a name to reference how important or how in, unimportant rankings can be because the thing that is influencing here is just percentages. Everything else about Bagley is literally the same apart from those percentages where he goes from a big negative in those categories to a strong positive, and that's it. That's what changes 140 spots. So when you're looking at ranking numbers and you're talking about, well, you had this guy 50th and he's actually 60th. What an L there. Or that's a big W. You had him 40th and he actually was um, you know, 30th. Like it, the differences there can tweak so quickly on so such small things. And I don't know whether Bagley's going to remain a good shooter. That's not really the point. But the point is that how much of a wild swing you can get based on just a couple of different things. I hope that made sense. Um, if we look at the next five days in general, so sun, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Wednesday is a higher volume day, but these are guys that have got some increased value that I think you should be adding. Zach Collins plays one game, but he's a must-roster player. They play on Sunday, and yeah, even though that is not a great schedule, Pirtle is out for the week, I think having Collins on your schedule makes sense. Now, with Pertle only out for a week, maybe you could drop Collins after Sunday and hope that Pertle is back, but I think he's worth having. And then we talk about guys who, yeah, it's only two quality games for Killian Hayes, but he's got three games over the next five nights. He's playing well. Cade's not coming back. He, he's he's got to be rostered. And then the same goes with um, Liljong Concha. Yeah! Bain is probably going to be out. There's three games here, and Concha a startable player, even on a high-volume day. These other guys have got pretty good schedules, but they're more at the vagaries of you know, whether you start or not. And they're guys with that nice little boost over them for three games in five nights, Malik Monk. And then, of course, we're looking at the Thunder guys, Pokyshevsky, Dort, Robinson Earl, and Jalen Williams with good value over the next five days that you can look at and stream and hold and maybe get some numbers there. Last thing on the next five days, the Sixers and the Spurs play one game over the next five days. San Antonio plays on Sunday, Philadelphia plays on Monday, the probable James Harden return game, so it would be ballsy to drop Shake Milton, but with one game in five nights and maybe potentially zero games left without James Harden, maybe it makes sense, but if you stream like a George Niang or you still got a Paul Reed or someone like that, or even a Melton might be a drop, I probably wouldn't, but... The, the schedule is playing some weird things here. And same goes with the Spurs and, and Collins after that Sunday game. Bates Diop, who you might have streamed in with Sohan out. The schedule's not doing them any favors. And that will do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on Odyssey and on YouTube. Thumb it up. Leave those comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.